The Power Rangers have morphed their way into theaters, but does this big screen remake of the popular 1993 kids show deserve its current rating of 47% on Rotten Tomatoes? Find out right now on another episode of Matt and a Matinee. Welcome everyone to another episode of Matt and a Matinee. Of course, as always, I am your host, Matt. And on this episode, it's that moment you've all been waiting for. It's that time to put your hands in the air and call out for Megazord power as I give you my review of Saban's Power Rangers. I think it's important for me to start off this episode by pointing out the obvious that this movie is not called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This movie is called Saban's Power Rangers. So even though it's a loose adaptation from the original Power Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV show, don't go into it expecting that it's going to be a complete adaptation and it's going to be exactly like this show. There are elements from the show in it, but there's also a lot of new stuff. So if you're trying to go full on nostalgic on it and you want it to be exactly like the show, you're going to be disappointed. But I just want to get that out of the way right off the bat. So it kind of sets your expectations of what to expect that this isn't Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it's Saban's Power Rangers. So even though there's aspects of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers show in this movie, it is meant to be different. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into this. Saban's Power Rangers is a big screen reboot adaptation and is loosely based off the 1993 Fox Kids show Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It follows a group of high school kids who are infused with unique superpowers who must harness their abilities in order to save the world. My likes on this movie. At its core, this film remains very true to the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV show. It holds a lot of the cheesy elements intact that make the show so great. What I think this movie did better than the show was it really gave you it really gives you five teenagers with attitude and it really went into the troubled background of these kids and made it very real world to the point where I think a lot of teenagers might connect to it this film took a lot of time to build and grow the team and really gave you an in-depth look into the backgrounds of each ranger and what they bring to the table this is a very character driven movie I think that needs to be emphasized. You can't emphasize that enough that this movie is very character-driven. If you're a hardcore Power Rangers fan like myself, this film has everything you want to see and more. All the mainstays of the series are in this film. You have Rita, you have Zordon, you have the Zords, you have Alpha 5, and you have iconic Mighty Morphin Power Rangers one-liners like Make My Monsters Grow, ay 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 things along those lines. The changes to the characters was one of the things I found to be very interesting in this film. This is a very character-driven film. Again, I can't emphasize that enough that this is a very character-driven film. As you all know, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is often accused of stereotyping, and it's even kind of referenced and made fun of in this movie. If you remember from the trailer, the part where they're all in the water and their power, their colors kind of start to run, and Zack, who's Asian in the film, is kind of like, hey, look, I'm black. And then Billy, who's a Blue Ranger in this film, is, is who is a black person, says no you're not you're not black and, and zach's like oh well i definitely am they kind of make fun of the the stereotype that the original mighty Morphin power in your show gets hit with as in that show you had the black kid that liked hip-hop was the black ranger the popular white girl is the pink ranger the asian girl is the yellow ranger and the all-american karate jock as the red ranger and of course the nerd is the blue ranger in this film they kind of flip that the script kind of flip it on its head um and you have Billy the Blue Ranger, played by R.J. Uh, R. Seiler, 
who is still very much a geek in his own right, but comes off in this film as more socially awkward. That's due to the fact that he has some form of autism. And no, that's not a joke. It is referenced in the film. Uh, RJ Siler does an amazing job of portraying this, and it doesn't come off as offensive, but instead it adds depth to the character and allows him to steal the show. And it, he's very much the heartbeat behind this new Power Rangers team. And like I said, they do reference him. He makes a reference that he is on the spectrum in this film. So it's not a joke. The new Billy is meant to have autism. Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa is one of the shining stars of this film. She's very much owns this character and makes it her own. She brings a darker, almost horror aspect or feel to this character. I like that Rita is very involved in this movie and is on Earth in the middle of the action and is a physical threat to the Rangers and not just chilling on the moon. This film takes elements of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers show that were passed over and explains them, or at least made them more believable. I like the fact that it answers why all the events of the show and this movie take place in Angel Grove. This film does a good job of showing the Power Rangers training and becoming the Power Rangers, unlike the show where they just get the power coins from Zordon and just instantly morph into action. In this film, it shows Alpha training them and trying to teach them to fight and become a team. The Megazord, and I'll go more into this in spoilers, is one of the shining stars in this film. The use and mixtures of songs from the TV show and the first movie in this film was a nice touch. They used the original Go-Go Power Rangers song in this film, and I thought that was really cool. The mid credit scene is mind-blowing. I lost my fucking mind at it. I'm going to leave that for spoilers. But there is a mid credit scene in this film, and if you're a Power Rangers fan, it's going to knock your socks off. Now to get into my dislikes. The change to Zordon's origin story in this film is much different than it is in the show, but I'll go more into that in the spoiler section. There is a Green Ranger in this film, and I'll save more of this for the spoiler section as well, but I don't like the way they did this and the direction they went with it in the film. But after more thought was put into it, I understand, and it does make sense. Goldar being a big towering entity made of gold and not being a monkey like like he was in the show was something I felt like was a missed opportunity. And especially since Goldar was such a mainstay in the TV show um, and one of Rita's, I guess you could say for lack of a better term, right-hand man, I feel like that was kind of washed over and in a missed opportunity in this movie. The suits. I feel like the suits, the suits I feel are one of the weakest parts of this film. Uh, I was absolutely taken back by this film up until the point they morphed for the first time. You learn that the power coins give the rangers super abilities and makes them strong and more agile, and the suit is more like a bio armor. I understand why they did this, but I wish that it looked more like it did in the first Power Rangers film from the 90s, where it looked more like armor instead of just a suit like it did in the TV show. I feel like that would have been a much better way to go than how they kind of did but i understand why they went the direction they did but i feel like it would have benefited better if maybe the bio armor looked a little bit more like their iconic 90s suits the Krispy Kreme product placement in this film, Krispy Kreme is so involved in this movie that it's a plot point, and it kind of takes away from the film and it's almost a joke and i feel like it's one of the lowest points of this movie uh, but i'll get more into that in spoilers as well alpha five's look I wish they went with more of the original Alpha 5 look, but I understand why they went this way because he's meant to be an android and it's meant to be an alien and he's, you know, a, a living organism. It's kind of, I understand why they went the different take with it. I still think they could have pulled all of that off um, by having him look more like his original self. I wasn't, the only part that of the character design for Alpha that I was kind of taken back by was the fact that he's got eyes. If they would have just let left it like the round 
visor looking thing. I think it would have been just fine. I think it's just the eyes on Alpha that kind of take me out of it. Um, the first 10 minutes of this film is cringeworthy, to say the least, to the point I almost walked out. It isn't until after the Power Rangers title card comes across the screen that the film starts to get good. And it's not like, you know, Star Wars, you get the crawl and then it da-da, pulls up Star Wars big on the screen. No, it just kind of appears in the lower right-hand corner of the screen. It just says Power Rangers. But like I said, up until that point, it's, it's very cringeworthy. So you just have to know, going into it, that you have to make it through the past, the first 10 minutes, and then the film gets exponentially better. Like I said, I was ready to walk out, and I went and saw it with my buddy Brent, and I was even turning to him, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to leave. Because at that point, I was like, this is going to be worse than I expected. Because, I, again, I didn't go into this expecting it to be good. I expected the worst out of it. But when I sat there and saw that, I was like, yeah, this is pretty bad. And they opened a film with a stupid cow milking joke and i was like yep um this is where we're gonna go with this uh, oh okay but once that you know goes black and you see power rangers in that lower right hand corner the movie continues on like i said it gets exponentially better um one of the other things i didn't like about this film was no bulk and skull how do you have a power rangers film with no bulk and skull bulk and skull were the bullies they were the main bullies you have a bully in this movie you could have easily named him bulk and or skull but they don't they give him a different name and i just feel like that was a missed opportunity I would have loved me to have a little bit of bulk and skull in this film. All right, so this is the time we're going to get into my spoilers, the spoiler section. If you've listened so far and you are intrigued and you want to go see Power Rangers, which I advise you to do, stop it right here. Go see the movie. Hit that pause button. Go see the movie. And then come on back to hear my spoiler section and my final thoughts in the film. And I'd love to hear from you and know what yours were. So I'm going to give you five seconds to hit that pause button starting now. Alright, if you're still here, then you've already seen Saban's Power Rangers, or you weren't sold from the first part of my review, and you're like, I need to hear more before I go to see this, or maybe you just want to know the spoilers of the movie because you don't care to see it at all because you think it's going to be bad. So, the spoilers. The change to Zordon's origin story, like I said before, in this film is much different than in the show. In the film, Zordon is the former Red Ranger. He's become part of the Morphing Grid after his body was destroyed by a meteor he calls down to destroy the Renegade Green Ranger. And we'll get into who the Renegade Green Ranger is in a moment. After the new Red, uh, after the new Ranger team is assembled, Jason realizes that Zordon intends to use the upcoming convergence of the Morphing Grid that gives them their powers and allows them to morph to restore himself, accusing him of using the team for his own agenda. But when the events occur, Zordon sacrifices the chance to restore himself to bring Billy back to life. Uh, Billy, you see Billy is strangled by Rita to get him to reveal the location of the Zeo crystal, which is kind of the plot of what she's looking for throughout this film. As to where the show Zordon creates the power morphers, the power coins, and the dinosaurs to combat Rita Repulsa when she is released from the space dumpster. You know, in the show, it still kind of remains very true to the show, where even in the show, Zordon had one last battle with Rita, but he was able to lock her away. In this one, he you see the other Rangers team kind of dead around him. If you ever saw that that fan made Power Rangers film where it was kind of like the like gritty war movie, this is kind of how the out, opening of this film was. And like you see the Power Rangers all like laying on the ground around her, and you see the Green Ranger kind of like army or not Green Ranger, sorry, you see the Red Ranger kind of army crawling around. I'll, I'll go into it more here in a minute. 
but you see kind of like the Pink Ranger depower, and then you see the Red Ranger depower, and it's Brian Cranston, a.k.a. Zordon. He calls down this meteor, and as Rita's kind of about to deliver her final death blow to him, the meteor hits, sending her flying into the water and never seen again until now when she's picked up by a fishing boat and she kind of comes back to life. So, I mean, like I said, it, it has very much some aspects where he's still fighting Rita to start with, but in the movie, he is the original Red Ranger as to where in the film he created the power coins and the dinosaurs and the more, or, sorry, as in the show, he created the power coins and, and everything, the dinosaurs, the morphers, all that to, to combat her when she came, when she's released from the dumpster. The fact that they make Rita Repulsa the Green Ranger in this film is something that I really didn't like, but in the end it made sense. As in the in the show, she is the one that holds the green power coin and gives it to Tommy and makes him her evil Green Ranger. But later on after their final battle, Jason stops him, freeing Tommy, but it also explains why she has the, the ability to control the green power and then makes the green candle that once it burns out, it takes away Tommy's power. It, it it all makes sense going uh, once you sit there and think about it a little bit. Once you compare the show and the way they did things in the show to to the film. Again, I wasn't a fan of the fact that Zordon is the original Red Ranger um, in this film. And once you see the Rangers that are all like kind of like dead or dying around him, you see the original Pink Ranger demorph, and it's an alien. So they kind of took. If you're a fan of the, the franchise and you know like the Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers, um, they kind of took the Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers from the original Power Rangers series because they come in the series later on. Um, but they take the Alien Rangers. Sorry, I don't know what happened to my voice there. They take the Alien Rangers and they kind of make them and turn them into the original Power Rangers team for this film. Uh, the other redesign I really like, other than Rita, was the Putty Patrollers. I felt that the new look made a lot of sense. The fact that they actually looked like you know kind of like putty guys and, and golems almost where they were made up of of rock and dirt and kind of everything around them instead of gray dudes in costumes running around going with giant where you had to punch giant z's on their chest or hit them in a belt to to destroy them the setup for the next film was very funny and the fact that their bitch slapped rita into space at the end of the film shows that she'll be back in future films and that's kind of how they they beat rita as she goes in for her final kill and they use the Megazord to kind of bitch slap her into space. And the whole slapping thing is a running theme throughout the movie. Um, you'll see that if you you check it out. Uh, the lack of Lord Zed is something I think this film was missing. But also at the same time, I was happy they didn't include him in the film as it might have taken away from Rita being a credible threat. Even after um, this time, we still don't get any more information or in-depth information about the morphing grid. They're still as vague as ever as far as how this works. At the end of the film, you get two very big cameos by Amy Jo Johnson, who plays the original Kimberly Hart, a.k.a. the Pink Ranger, and Jason David Frank, the, who plays Tommy Oliver, a.k.a. the original Green Ranger, slash White Ranger later on. It also kind of plays in it. Well, I kind of put it into the mid credit scene. I'll explain the mid credit scene to you. And then I'll tell you what my thoughts on their can't, what my thoughts on their cameo might mean. So the mid credit scene, and yes, there is a mid credit scene. We see the power Rangers team in detention. And when the teacher tells them to welcome a new student to the class, Tommy Oliver, it cuts to a shot of an empty chair with a green jacket on it. As the clip closes out, the teacher continues to call out his name. Now, in my opinion, what I would like to see is Amy Jo Johnson and Jason David Frank return in the next movie and play Tommy Oliver's parents. I think that would be a nice touch. I think it would be a nice nostalgic nod to fans of the original series. 
I think it's something that needs to be happen, and I'm sure it's something, judging by their cameo in the film, that it will happen. Krispy Kreme, like I said, plays a big plot point in this film as Rita is trying to get the Zeo crystal from the Earth, and it just so happens to be underneath the Krispy Kreme, and they do all these Krispy Kreme references, and they even go as far as showing a point where Rita is in a Krispy Kreme eating a donut and she can she says I can see why Krispy Kreme is life is considered life force which is kind of stupid again I don't know it, I don't know how much Krispy Kreme paid to be the only product placement in this film but they they really are the only product placement in this film the Megazord was something I really liked about this film I like that the rangers were in all different pods on different parts of the body and they controlled that respective part of the megazord um forcing them to work together as a team to defeat goldar instead of all huddled in the chest area like in the show i also really liked the fact that the only reason the megazord formed was because of the zeo crystal and the rangers just didn't automatically know how to form it uh and, and or work the zords so, my final thoughts on this film are this. For its target audience, Power Rangers delivers in spades. And as for a standalone film for newcomers to the franchise, it actually manages to engage for the most part. With that said, this wasn't a perfect film by any means. It has its flaws, and at times they are very apparent. Anyone who knows me or has been listening to me on the Absolute Geek Podcast for the last few years knows that I'm a big-time diehard fan of the original Power Rangers series, and I didn't leave the theater disappointed or feeling like I needed more from it. I left satisfied and wanting more. I think this film is a perfect example of a film that gets written off by, and falls victim to bad trailers. To close, even though this wasn't a perfect movie, I really enjoyed the film, and I would have to say that its current score of 47% is very low. I would give Saban's Power Rangers a 7.5 out of 10. So there you have it. There's my review of Power Rangers. I know you guys have been waiting for it, and I wanted to get it out here for people who maybe wanted to see this movie this weekend, but were still kind of on the fence about it. I wanted to get it out. I wanted to get it to you so you can hear what my thoughts on it were. As a Power Rangers fan, I enjoyed the film. Um, I'll probably plan on going to see it again to see if maybe I liked it a lot because I was watching it the first time through the nostalgia glasses or if the film actually holds up as, as a decent film. Um, like I said, it's not um, it's not perfect. It has its flaws, but I don't think that it, it I don't think it deserves a 47 percent. I think a 7.5 out of 10 is a better a better grade. I think maybe a 75% or 80% on Rotten Tomatoes would be more understandable. Like I said, it's not a terrible film, but it's not the best film ever made either. But that'll do it for my review of Power Rangers. Hope you guys enjoyed yourself. If there's any movies out there that you think I should review or anything coming up that you'd like to hear me review, let me know. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram, you know, all the social medias. You'll be able to find me, no problem. Um, you can find me on the Absolute Geek Facebook page, wherever. If you there's something you want me to review coming up, leave a, a comment on, on iTunes. You know, review me on iTunes and leave a comment saying, hey, I think you should review this film. If there's any old films that you want me to review and hear my opinions on it, let me know. The more the merrier. Got a lot of films coming up this summer. We're going to have a huge summer. You can look forward to reviews on Spider-Man Homecoming, Guardian of the Galaxy 2, the Justice League movie, which we just got the trailer for. All kinds of movies going on this summer. Um, So I can't wait for that. But that'll do it for this week's episode of Matt and a Matinee. I want to thank you for checking it out. And as always, until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>